All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome. This is the uh, Questions, Answers and Rants podcast with Walter King. I had a special guest later on today. First, I want to talk about some things I hate. And uh, one of the things I hate, I hate fucking telemarketers. I hate them motherfuckers with a passion. Telemarketer called me the other day. Ain't going to tell me some shit about, hey, I was uh, I was out there like six months ago at your house giving you an estimate and on, on some work done doing to your house, and you were real nice to me, and you told me to call you in six months and, and, I, and come on back with an estimate. I'm like, wait a minute. You was out at my house six months ago. Yeah, I was out there six months ago. I said, and you was disturbing me. I was at home minding my own fucking business, and you disturbed me, and then I was real nice to you when you disturbed me at my house minding my... I said, man, you a fucking lie. Right there when you said I was nice to you, I know you fucking lying. Right there. Then one time I had a telemarker call. They're going to say some shit like, Oh, sir, we, you need any work done at your house? We can do anything. I'm, and I was pissed off. I said, okay, let me play with her. I said, yeah, I, I need some work done, but I, I don't know if you can do it. She was like, I can do it. We can do anything here. I was like, nah, I, I don't know if you can do this. What do you need built, sir? Inside, outside, we can build it. You need it inside? I said, well, yeah, it's mostly inside, but sometimes outside. What is it? What can you build? I said, I well, can y'all do it? I said, I'm trying to build something that keep fucking telemarketers like you from calling. Can you build that, bitch? She just hung up. You know, <laughs> but anyway, let's get on with the podcast. Uh, I want to bring on uh, Mike Baptiste. We're going to talk about uh, life in the bubble and all that. He's a two time all Euro League, 2010 Greek League MVP, three time Euro League champ, six time Greek League All Star, played in the NBA, was all Pac 10 selection. Welcome to the uh, podcast, Questions, Answers, and Rants. Cousin, how you doing? Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I'm blessed to be, you know, one of the uh, first guests uh, on your podcast, man. So, so so let's have fun, man. You're the very first. Oh, the very first. Well, oh, man, that's, 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 even, that's even more of a blessing. But let's have fun with it. Yeah, I mean, I want to thank you. I know you're busy and all, just getting back from that bubble, you know, take time out of your, your busy mm-hmm. life to come uh, a few minutes with me on help me out with this little podcast thing I'm trying to do. Okay. Uh, you know, I just like to talk anyway. So, you know, doing a podcast ain't nothing. I figure I might as well. <laughs> anybody else gonna talk, I might as well run my fucking mouth too. Right. But uh tell us tell us about the bubble life, cuz you know how how you know, like you know, just uh random stuff and then I ask you some other stuff about it. But like, you know, what, what like let's start with like the food. How how would it eat? I mean they they cook whatever you want, or you had your own chefs from the team. How'd that work? Uh, so yeah, so we had our <clears throat> we had our own chefs from the team that provided uh, certain meals for us seven days a week, and that was breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Uh, uh, so all that was <laughs> fine. Time, or you could go whenever you want, whenever you're hungry. No, it was a specific time. So like breakfast would start from like eight to like eleven. Right. And then, you okay. know, you, you go to practice from like 12 to 2 and then, you know, lunch would be ready from like 2.30 to like 5.30. And a lot of times, you know, guys, they'll go shower, do whatever they want. And then you can come back anytime between that three hour window. And then dinner would be like 7.30, 7, 7.30 to like 10 o'clock at night. So the way the way they had it set up was was totally fine. You know what I mean? It's just that the, the the only time that it kind of sucked was when uh you know when we had the quarantine for the two days it's just like the, the food is good but it's just how they presented it to you you know what I mean it's just like you know, yeah I, I was looking at the shit it looked like like the sandwich you get for free lunch at, you know at the public school back in the you know I said, man, 
Well, well, like, it, it was just a presentation of everything, right? So it was like, uh, everything came in, like, some kind of a cardboard or a plastic form. So, like, if you had, like, eggs in the morning, it would be, like, in a cardboard tray with a plastic lid on top of it. And, I mean, and you're not, you know, you normally don't like, eat eggs. Like a McDonald's big breakfast? Yeah, yeah, kind of like, like, a, like, a, like if you order a McGriddle. <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> kind of on one of them little styrofoam trays. It was kind of like something like that. And you know, you're not, you know, eggs is such a wholesome, classic, uh, breakfast. Yeah, they managed to fuck up eggs. Yeah, you know what I mean. But I mean, it's it's all good. I, I mean, I'm not really tripping. Uh, you know, I mean, I come from home beginning, so I mean, I was in my mind, I was like, man, as long as somebody feeding me, I'm cool. But I just think a lot of guys took it to the stream, which, uh, you know, it's kind of a level that you really shouldn't take it to. Because at the end of the day, you know, the NBA is a fraternity. And I think there are some things that you need that, that needs to stay sacred. And, and those are like one of the things like they should kind of know better, especially when they put it on social media. Yeah. You, you know how just one click of your thumb, you know, the shit goes worldwide in, in seconds. So, I mean, it's all good. We all, yeah, we all, we all fucked laugh. up with that click. Yeah, we all laughed at it and got like a joke about it, whatever. But I think, you know, once the league kind of stepped in, you, you kind of saw what happened and everybody kind of shut it down. And uh, but they also made sure that the hotel also picked up their, you know, their service, how they deliver food, yeah. how, how they present it. And I think, you know, guys uh, <clears throat> got more comfortable as time goes on, because you also got to understand, although they had all this stuff figured out, they were still adjusting a lot of things on the fly. So yeah, because they never right. done it before. Never right. done it before. Right. So like when I when I first got there, like my first week, they had a certain they had a certain room service menu, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, all they got is like probably like 13 choices. They had like three choices of the salads. They had nothing for breakfast, right? Because the room service started from 5 p.m. to 2 a.m., so you couldn't just wake up in the morning or order some eggs and pancakes. And I'm glad I didn't. Um, but you know, uh, it was very limited, you know what I mean? And then like after two weeks time, they put like five or six more selections on that room service menu. So a lot, a lot, of, uh, yeah, a lot of things they was adjusting on the fly. I think every week they was kind of like having a meeting to kind of see what was working, what wasn't working, uh, certain little things, uh, you know, from like the coaches or whatever that they could make adjustments to it. And, and they did the best that they could, you know? I mean, I'm not really gonna, complain about that when they really got down to basketball as well like you know how they made the arena the virtual fans you know uh how they made convention yeah, right. centers into you know like practice courts uh like it, it was kind of like unbelievable because nobody would ever thought that basketball could be in this you know controlled environment like this and so from from that i never even knew that at that big gas uh, facility in, in Orlando. I never knew that was even there. I mean, I knew that they had it. I didn't know it was that big. You know what I mean? Like I knew they had yeah. like the I knew they had like the football field, the baseball field, uh, I knew they had the, the arenas. I didn't know they had like, you know, convention centers around there. You know what I mean? And then <laughs> yeah. it's like we, we was one of the first teams to practice. So we walked in there and it's like in a in a normal convention center. It's like, you know, and then all of a sudden you got we had our practice floor, you know, all laid out everything. They had two full basketball courts up in there. And for a while, we're just all looking around. It's kind of mesmerized about how they just pulled this off. You know what I mean? Because hey, speaking, 
speaking of that floor, I didn't mean to cut you off, mm-hmm. but speaking of that floor, your, your cousin, my son, Corey, mm-hmm. he said to ask you, is, is that the slipperiest court? Every time I'm watching the game lately, nobody can stand up. It's like it's slipping and sliding all the damn time. Is it? Is it? Uh, is it just just us? I mean, I, I, all I know is like, you know, after one game, I know they do a thorough job of cleaning the floor. So I, I don't know if it could be that it ain't dried up fast enough or, you know, sometimes even for me, like when I played pro ball, you know what I mean? I, I was switching up shoes every week, every two weeks, fresh out the box. I didn't need to break them in. I just, you know, take all the stuff out, put the insoles right. up in there, lace them up, and I will go. And, you know, every now and then, you know, you might slip because, you know, the bottom of the shoe hasn't got enough traction. So, I mean, that, that could be – it could be a various of things, but it is a, a court that uh, nobody's, like, really played on until now. But, you know, but, you know, they, they all did that just for special reason and make sure they had the, you know, the Black Lives Matters logo on there and everything else that they that, right. that they want to present it around it. So you really can't, you know, say nothing about that because in terms of that, again, you know, what the, what they're pulling off is, is um, uh, unbelievable, man, because nobody's never thought about that. And, you know, when you look at the NFL, they're just, you know, doing their own thing. I'm pretty sure they're being as careful as possible, but, you know, they don't have a controlled environment bubble. You know, same for Major League Baseball. Right. It'd be uh, impossible 32 32- football teams in the same place right right and, and what and what do they have with the NH, nhl like i'm not sure did it, you know what i'm saying do they have they don't, do they have a bubble at all Shit, football no 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 hockey, hockey. oh I, yeah i think hockey i think for the playoffs they were trying to come up with a uh, uh la was on the list and it didn't make it of course but uh I'm not sure where to have it. I, I mean, I only when the Kings was in the Stanley Cup, only time I gave a shit about hockey anyway. So mm-hmm. I really, yeah. I really yeah. wouldn't even know. Wayne Gretzky, Luke, and ain't been in- them guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. But honestly, because like the, the, the bubble was cool. Uh, you know, I, I think, uh, of course, everything uh, you're not going to agree agree with, and there's going to be some pros and cons. Like I totally didn't agree, you know, with you know not really having my family there. I mean, you I'm know what? 20. I want to ask you about that. How, yeah. how was the isolation? You know, being isolated. You know, how, yeah, yeah. And, and I know, I know that uh, the Clippers, um, Paul George, had talked about you know mentally and stuff. How did you deal with the mental aspect? You know, being isolated and all that. I mean, that was tough, man, because it's like you're put in a situation where you're forced to try to do things from the isolation, right? Instead of it just coming naturally, it's like, you know, after practice or game, I come home, I unwind, I hang out with the wife, you know, saying the kids, which right. gives me per- which gives me perfect balance. You know what I mean? Like, especially when you, you know, you get your ass kicked after a game, you come home. It's like the wife and kids, they kind of, you know, they take that away from you, you know what I mean? And that right. kind of gives you the balance for like two or three hours. And then you go back in, into, you know, uh, to basketball, watch a film and seeing where the corrections that you made or that we that we made. And, you you know, you want to go to, you know, next practice and try to correct them. But that was tough, man. You know what I mean? We did a lot of FaceTiming, but it's, it's, it's different. You know what I mean? Especially uh, now that now I got two kids. Because when Sarah and I was overseas, and, you know, I would go to Athens, my coach would take us to Serbia for like a month. And then, you know, we would come back and do our little preseason tour where we would go to like, 
you know, Lithuania, Russia, certain different places before we start the real season. So I would be without Sarah for like almost six to eight weeks. You know what I'm saying? Like that first part of the right. season when I go over to Athens. So like me and her been through it, but it's different like with the kids. And then it's like, I, I you know, I call home and I can kind of hear it in Sarah's voice. Like she defeated, you know what I mean? Cause she gonna have yeah, her was- moments. You know, yeah, like, I was gonna ask you about you know how how was it for Sarah? Because I mean, two small kids, and then you got school starting back, and you know, every she got to handle everything, and it's not like she can just yeah. you, you kids are young, it's not like she can just leave them in the house and go do what she got to do, and yeah. got to balance what she wants to do, and then taking care of the kids and helping them with the school stuff, and you know, the virtual learning or whatever you want to call it. How did how how did that weigh on her? I mean, that uh, that shit right there can be like a marriage break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hey, man, I, I mean, I know Sarah. I know Sarah's strong. She one of the yeah. strongest, uh, mentally strongest women yeah. I know. But I mean, yeah. that shit got to wear yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. No, again, uh, she's gonna have her moments. She did the best she could. You know what I mean? Uh, but, but also for me, I was suffering in the fact that, like, I think me and Sarah, we are like a perfect team. You know, we uh, trade off each other's kind of responsibility in terms of, I guess, like things that you know you got to do for the kids or, or like around the house you know what i mean right so uh to not be there and help her that was that was tough for me in itself to call her hear her frustrated or like you know things are not really going the way that they should but then again you you know like if anybody like you say anybody knows sarah she's tough enough to do it but you know if she gonna have her moments especially like with little sydney you know, and she she's uh she she pushed the limit sometimes, and uh, yeah, I, 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 that's my little I, that's my little Uno buddy. Yeah, 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 yeah. She uh, yeah, she presses the envelope every single time. Like Mikey, like Mikey's real cute, like real chill, laid back. You know what I mean? Right. Like he he presses the envelope in different ways. Like he's real persistent about something. Like you know what I mean? It's, yeah, especially that damn baseball. Yeah, he real yeah. So like he he would do anything. But like with Sid, she just like she oversteps her boundaries sometimes, and she knows she she, she can get away with it. But now she done turned six, so we be kind of trying to put a little demand on her a little bit. But um, but you know now that I'm home, man, it, it's cool. Uh, I'm, I'm really glad to be home, man. Um, and, but, you know, when I got home, man, I week to myself, man, just to, like, decompress from, like, everything because for the first time I felt like basketball wasn't giving me uh, uh, joy. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, that I, I would think that in itself was, <clears throat> you know, was kind of tough because – you know, it, this whole 2020 year has just has been a doozy, man. It's like been all fucked up, you know. Yeah, and, tell me. About it. And like, even like now, I'm talking to you. I'm looking at, I'm looking at, you know, the the date is September 12th, and in in like 10 days or like two more weeks, you know, what I mean, we're preparing for voluntary workouts. You know, what I mean, for 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 the next season, and we're not even done. When, when would the next season start? Do they know yet? Uh, I've been hearing rumors they said no earlier than Christmas but like again like I'm saying we're supposed to be gearing up for voluntary workouts right now like as coaches we're all supposed to we're supposed to be meeting right now you know coming up with a plan on you know what we want to work on in practice how we want to implement our defense uh, what we want to do on three on zero all kind of different things and you know we're going to meet on Tuesday and we don't even know what we're going to really talk about 
you know. Uh, but well, let's let's get let's give the listeners of a a, a a sample. You know how how much do you normally how much time do you normally have off between seasons? You know, let's say everybody's like normally, the regular season. I'm not counting the playoffs, but yeah, you know, if the regular uh, season ended. And if, if the regular season, I will say, uh, ended, and if you're a playoff team, you only get like three days. But if you didn't make the playoffs, uh, let's say like when I was in Brooklyn, we didn't make the playoffs. Uh, we got like, uh, I think like three weeks off and then uh, we got back with each other. So we the season ended like April 15th. We got back with each other like the beginning of May or like the beginning of the second week of May. And we started our little, you know, individual workouts and stuff like that. And then, you know, the draft, what happened, the pre-draft workout that happened. Uh, uh, then the draft happened. Then the summer league happened. Right. And then after the summer league, you get like right. another two weeks off, maybe another three weeks off. And then again, you you know, you come back and you start, you know, gearing up for voluntary workouts right now, which is, again. Being- hey, when did, the, when did the summer league become such a big thing? I remember I remember, you know, I can remember Kobe Bryant playing in the summer league, but it wasn't that big yeah. a deal. But now that, that's a that's yeah, a major well, shit. Also got- yeah, well, you gotta understand basketball is a worldwide conglomerate. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, same as soccer, um, and the, the 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 sport of basketball is evolving and taking leaps and bounds, and inspiring you know a lot of kids like all over the world. It's like it, it and for America, you know, they have to be the one to put the basketball their biggest star on the biggest platform. You know what I mean? Nobody else could do that the way ESPN. Right. And TNT does that with their, their A1 commentary uh, and their, 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 their play-by-play commentary. Uh, you know, how, how they present all that stuff is, is, is A1. So, um, you know, basketball is becoming this, this global phenomenon. And, you know, even in the summer, like once the NBA Finals is over with, you know, in, in a normal calendar year, you know, again, you'll have the summer league, the basketball tournament. Uh, sometimes you might have the Olympics, uh, the European Championships, or the or, right. or the FIBA World Cup. So it's like you get basketball kind of at a nonstop scale now, you know. And just just like you said, like right, that's like soccer. Mm, I don't think soccer season ever. No, nah, like even when I was overseas in soccer, probably plays like a ten month season, or maybe an eleven month season. Like it, it doesn't stop, man. Because even those guys, once they're done with their respective uh, domestic league in their country or the, the European league, what they call the Champions League over there. Um, like once they done, there's really no breaks because, you know, they fall right off into their national team too. They'll go play in the Olympics. Yeah, World, World Cup, Cup qualifying. qualifying or, 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 you know, or whatever they're, you know, doing. So it's a, it's a revolving door. Like sports is almost a year-round sports now. And this is where, you know, my message to all the kids now, like if you're in the sport right now, like you, you better you better love it. You better live it. You better breathe it. And that is really 24-7. And, and for all the kids in L.A., you know, growing up in California, like you, you, are who, you already had the, the blueprint right in front of you for 20 years, and that was Mr. Kobe Bryant. You know what I mean? He showed all the, the right. Los Angeles, Californians, you know what I'm saying, how to – how to work, how to grind 24-7, even if you have to get up 3 in the morning, 5 in the morning, whatever it is, you know, to pay to give more attention, 
you know, in detail to your craft, whatever you're doing, if you're a basketball player, firefighter, whatever it is, you know, if you, you know, really want to. Yeah, just don't get up at three in the morning and wake up that, that uh, gangster <laughs> right, next right, door, right, though. Right, Go down right, the street. Right. Yeah, you don't want to do that, but you know what I mean? But I, I, I think, uh, you know, people can, you know, learn from Kobe into whatever professional craft that they are. Are, are in, you know what I'm saying, they can put that work ethic into, into it, you know what I mean? Because even uh, for, for our right. youth right now, like, you know what I'm saying, yeah, you know, you, you got you to gotta, uh, pers- purposefully, like, step with your left and right foot every single day to, like, try to, you know, get better in your craft. Because I tell you right now, you're only young for so long, you know what I mean? And, and I'm, I'm 42 right. years old, like, I, I stopped playing six years ago. And relatively, like in my age, I still feel young. But as a as a basketball profession, uh, I belong in an over the hill game. You know what I mean? It's, it's just it's just what it is. <laughs> and you know what I mean? And that's like I'm 57. I'm damn near 60, cuz. Yeah, you know, like <laughs> 57. And, and that and that's crazy in itself. Just how quickly time flies, especially like when you in basketball. And, you know, you traveling and you going city to city, state to state, you know what I mean? And and, and depending on, you know, what you do in your offseason schedule, again, basketball could be a revolving door of a 24-7 kind of sport. And you got to, you got to, like I said, live it, love it, breathe it. Right. My, my European schedule, I mean, I wouldn't say it was really as hectic because we didn't play a lot of, we didn't travel as much or nor did we play a lot of like back-to-back games um, like the NBA. But, you know, we would play probably about, you know, uh, 75, 80 game season. It's, it's more games now in the Euro, in, in, in Europe. But, um, you know, in, in, my, in my time, you know, again, the, 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 the schedule wasn't as strenuous. You know what I mean? And <clears throat> when, you, yeah. when you're traveling and going back and forth, man, time flies. And it'd be times, you know, it'd be a Wednesday and you think it's Friday. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It, it just it just be one of those days. Mm-hmm. And again, like I'm saying, you only stay young for for so long. So like you gotta put your work in every single day. Uh, sometimes you gotta put work into a day. Sometimes too. When I was young, I used to. When I was in Arizona, I used to get up early in the morning. Number one, to beat the heat. Uh, so I mean, I used to go with my trainer Warren Anderson, and we could do like all these little running drills, like on a on a soccer field. We could do a little change of direction, little foot drills, whatever, change of direction, agility drills. And then, you know, yeah. once I'm done with that. Hey, uh, speaking speaking of Arizona, speaking of Arizona, remember uh first time when uh, I came out there to visit you playing at Arizona State and we went to that uh went to party somewhere and they start shooting. Oh <laughs> man, we had to get you know? we had to get up out of there. <laughs> <laughs> you were like, "Where's my cousin?" Man, Jeez, man I, I would have beat Usain Bolt that day. No, man, I, man, I, all I can remember is you was hopping over like I don't know if it was I don't know how tall this trash can was, but man, all I can remember <laughs> you were just like hurtling over this trash can, just trying to get out the way to get cover. And I was just, "Oh my god, man, this is and this is Arizona." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we, we grew up, yeah. we grew up in California where that stuff was kind of like Nando and normal. And then it's like you go to Arizona. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that they that they perfect or it wouldn't happen, but it was kind of like crazy that it was happening in Tempe, Arizona. Like we're just at a party chilling and you know, a little, <laughs> yeah. a little, a little I, 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 I look like Michael Jordan on the jump, the jump insignia. That's how I look going over that trash can. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't it, getting shot. Yeah, man. But again, you know, the, the, the bubble life was fine. You know, again, in terms of basketball, you know, it, it was cool, man, uh, to really, I, I say, to intimately watch the game. Because, uh, uh, you know. Hey, speaking of the bubble life, how, where, did, where did all the teams stay? I mean, it was it was that many hotels for 16 teams? Or yeah, well, it was 22, 22, it was, teams? It was 22 teams that got invited. And they and they split it up in three hotels, so all the uh, the seeds from first the number one through four seed in the east and west and east and west of conference, they all stayed at the Coronado Springs, right? And then the teams from fifty-eight okay. in both conference, they all stayed at the Grand Floridian, and then the teams, uh, all those other teams that were like uh, that were invited because they was only like under six games from eighth place, uh, San Antonio. Portland, Phoenix, uh, Washington, uh, New Orleans. Memphis. Yeah. Uh, missing one more. Portland. After that. Uh, I think Portland. Know, they, they all stayed at another spot called the Yacht Club. Right? Oh, okay. So they all, we all stayed at these designated right. hotels, and they all had it. Like, everything was all barricaded off. So, like, even mm. the, the outside public, they couldn't look, look in. They couldn't peek in. They had uh they had these like motion kind of cameras, security cameras everywhere. You go past that borderline, and they they gonna let you know. They gonna come and get you. So it, like it was it wasn't even worth it to try to even do anything suspect, man. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't even worth right. it because you know they was gonna put you in a room for about like seven days. That wasn't worth it. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> you know you just follow by the rules the best way you can. And then you, you you know you knew your time was gonna be up, you know, uh, more more or less. But for the time being, man, like really being there, like in the beginning, uh, it was it was a a time where you kind of had to really manage like everything, man. That really wasn't easy. But um, I'm through with it. Hopefully, man, that we don't have to do um, another bubble. Cause like I said, I'm hearing that the seed they're trying to wait, uh, you know, until like end of December, probably beginning of January to start the season. Uh, because Adam Silver wants to, you know, uh, have as, you know, many fans as possible, which is, you know, right. You know, you have to do your due diligence right. for that because uh, I think the NBA makes a ton of money from fans. You know, every, you know, that's huge, especially even now in the playoffs. You know, uh, you know, ticket prices go up in the playoffs. Eastern Conference final tickets go up in the NBA final ticket prices go up and they're going to lose a lot of money on that. So I think it's really, I think it is a, a brilliant ideal just to kind of sit back and, and weigh everything uh, and to try to see if fans can get in. Because if you, I know you saw the Monday night football game with Kansas City and Houston, you know, they had 17,000 up in there. So Right. I, I wonder how they picked who got to come in. Who got those 17,000 really, yeah. tickets? I really don't know. I really don't know. But uh, but I, I read something on Reggie Miller. I was on Bleacher Report. Reggie Miller had a tweet out. He was like, you know, if Kansas City can pull off 17,000, then why don't they, uh, you know, have 6,000 fans come to the Amway Center just for the uh, the NBA Finals? And uh, I think, you know, you price all those 6,000 yeah. tickets, uh, you know, at a pretty good price, and I'm pretty sure that they will sell good, uh, and you can pull that off. But, I mean, I, I think right now the, the way that they have the bubble, the way they have a control where there's no positive tests, nothing like that, they don't want to risk nothing. I think they just want to keep it right there in that bubble and, and, and let it play out. The NBA finals will be right there, uh, uh, you know, inside that bubble. 
and they'll crown a champion and then that season will be over with, man. But again, man, it's like I tip my hat off to the NBA because really they did an amazing job of pulling off the basketball stuff. But again, I think they could have did a better job in terms of, uh, you know, the, the isolation stuff, really. Cause, uh, that, that was hey, did you, did you think your season was over when, um, when, um, Milwaukee, when, you know, when the, when the, when the protest and all that, Milwaukee, um, didn't, didn't play that game against you guys. Did, did you think the season was over right then, uh, that day or that time? Those, uh, those two or three days period? I, I will put it, I will say it was 50 50 with me. Like, if they came and said, hey, the season's canceled, I, I wouldn't have been like, oh my God, like, what the hell? You know what I mean? And right. I also prepared for that, you know, we was going to, you know, uh, reconvene the season, which eventually we did. But, you know, those two days, I mean, you really didn't know what was going on. Um, you know, and then you hear, you know, that they they had a big time meeting in the convention center. And, you know, a lot of voices was heard. Uh, and I, I think they came up with a really good plan to to get these uh, these governors. I ain't going to call them owners. They ain't on me. Right. Uh, but <clears throat> um, these governors. Um, I think they 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 teamed up together to open up the, the arenas uh, because it's it's really unfortunate. You know, I really don't want to get political right now. That uh, right. some people are less fortunate to to you know that they don't have a chance to vote because all, all the polling booths are miles and blocks away uh, from their you know from their community where they stay at. But I tell you one thing, everybody right. knows where the Amway Center is. You know, everybody know where Dodger Stadium is. Everybody know where the Staples Center is. Uh, I, I, you know, I think what LeBron did is, is also huge for, for everybody in California. I think it's uh, right. going to turn out record numbers. A lot of people are going to get a chance to vote. And, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, we'll see the, the results that we want. But that's a whole nother story. But back to the bubble, man. Right. Uh, Hey, well, well, one more thing about that. Do you do you wish Milwaukee had a gave you guys like a heads up or or you know I don't want you know I don't want to start no uh, shit or something. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, but I, you know, but at, at the they were playing the day, against you guys against Orlando, right? But at the end of the day, Walt, like if 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 you didn't walk every day without that in the back of your mind that you know one little incident could happen, this could like. Everybody talk about one or two little uh, coronavirus tests to blow this thing up, right? Like at the for, and this right. is just, this is just real talk, keeping it one thousand. While like in the back of my mind, I was always like, man, well, what if you know some incident happened? You know, police brutality something happened while we in the bubble. You know what I mean? And that could blow up the this season right. in itself. You know what I mean? So when it happened, that's why I was kind of like, eh, it, it it could go left. And then also, you know, you, yeah, you, yeah. Got, you got to play both sides of the fence at that point. And whatever stand that the players was going to take, you know, I was going to ride with them, you know. And I, I appreciate, you know, what these young, you know, uh, you know, men are doing right now. Uh, because, you know, I won't say it's just African-American men because we're seeing, you know, men of, of, of all races, uh, you know, coming together for solidarity for, for this moment. And it shouldn't really, you know, be about, you know, religion or anything. It's. It, it's solidarity and you know um what what these young men are doing is is fantastic and, and again like i don't mind them you know driving in the front seat you know i'm in the back and whatever y'all want me to do like i'm i'm, I'm all for it so if they would have called a season i you know i would have been fine with it if they reconvened the season like they did i was totally fine with it 
And I'm also glad that they did reconvene the season because they got something out of, uh, you know, the, the two day, you know, boycott, you know, I would say to get these owners, right. uh, I mean, the, the governors, uh, I would say these governors uh, to open up their arenas for, for these people to, to vote is, is going to be monumental. And again, hopefully we'll see the, the turnout that we want November 3rd. All right. Now, uh, anything else about the bubble? I want to ask you a couple of things about Greece, but go ahead. If you, you were saying back to the bubble. Uh, you know, uh, I, I said, I, I just think the NBA could have did a better job to keep these guys from being so um, isolated. I mean, you know, in the Grand Floridians, you know, they had a, a player's lounge, which was cool. But I don't think no players went in the player's lounge. You know what I mean? So right. I think they could have came up with something different instead of that. Uh, we had a pool out there. And, I mean, you're really not going to get in a pool with a bunch of dudes unless you're Guys. doing like a, a, a team workout that you're going to get out. But I ain't really about to be out there lounging. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, like the very first night, yeah. they, they, had a, they had a live DJ out there. They had a live DJ out there, Walt, for real. They had a live DJ. He was bumping. You know what I mean? I, I was on a Swiss floor of uh, one part of the hotel, and I looked down at the pool. I'm just like, ain't nobody going up out there, man. Not no dude. Hey, speaking of that, how come How come the players, you know, they, they in, the, in the playoffs, they could, uh, you know, like second round, they were able to bring the family members. But why, why are not the coaches? That, that I, part of man, I have no idea. Because when I found that out, man, I was over here like, so you saying if we would, you know, eventually beat Milwaukee, you telling me I can't see my wife and kids now? You know what I mean? Like, I, I yeah, at, like you get at, punished that, at that point, man. I, you know, at that point, I, I don't know, man. I, I probably, I probably would have blew it. You know what I mean? Because mentally, you, you you're right. building up. First of all, you had to build up enough mental strength just to go inside this bubble. You know what I mean? Because you knew what you were signing up for, how many months and days and nights you was going to be away from your family. You know, just to build up. I mean, sense. even people in jail, the family can come see them. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I just think, you know. You know, you could be in prison, they can come see you. Man, I, I think <laughs> they could have had like a little vegetation. At least they could have like drove the truck and I could have just like a parking little vegetation. I could have just said, what's up? You know, they could have drove the Yukon to the parking lot. I could have watched a family movie with them inside the truck or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. just whatever it is, just to see <laughs> their face, give them a kiss, whatever. You know, I mean, I, I mean, that's 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 that was crucial. You know what I mean? And again, like for for something that gives you uh, purpose, the motivation. You know, because there's days when I'm physically tired, there's days when I'm mentally tired. But then again, it's like I look at the wife, I look at the two kids, like man, let me get my ass up, gotta go to work, and I gotta put my left foot in front of my right foot, and I gotta keep it moving. And my train ain't stopping for nobody. You know what I mean? Because if if you really walked a, a minute in my shoes, you will understand how fast this game of basketball works. And, you know, when I do have my free time, man, I just want to be around, you know, my wife and my kids just because of the time that I don't get to spend around on like when the season is going on, when you're traveling and sometimes you're at home, but you're really not at home because, you know, <laughs> you know, you that's can, how you could tell. That's I can tell me I've been married way longer than you. I really enjoy the time when my wife and kids ain't around. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, real talk. I mean, I, I get I get that peace of mind too. But then you know, at this point in time, as young, you really like that chaos and stuff yeah. like that. But like, even when you're at home, man, like you you know you can 
drop the kids off at school, go to shoot around. When you come back home for like an hour and a half to eat lunch with the wife, you know what I mean? Or do whatever, or grab your clothes and you know your shoes yeah. in the dry cleaning because you got to wear a suit that night. Uh, like the kids are at school, so I'm not going to even see them when I come home. Then when I leave, I'm at the game. You know what I mean? They might not come to the game. Right. You know what I mean? And by the time I come home, they're already in the bed. You know, I just go give them a kiss. When I come home and, you know what I mean? I sit down, pour me a cocktail. You know what I'm saying? I vent to the wife. If we if we won or lost, you know, take my ass to sleep, wake up. Oh, that's how, that's how you day. did it when I came out there for that week. Spent the, spent the week with you. That's, that's That was basically your routine right there. Yeah. I got to catch some games. Yeah, so, sometimes yeah, that, I know what you're sometimes saying. Sometimes that routine it, it 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 kicks to another level depending on, you know, say like we can have a Lakers, Clippers, Boston, Houston all in the same week, and you know for that week, right. even as coaches, like we really gotta you know elevate and take our game to the next level. How we how we prepare, how we talk to these guys, how we preach the preach the message of of detail to these guys, uh, because our defense is like it's a it's a top ten defense, so we really. Like we're really gritty and grimy uh, defensively, but I think because of our principles and our rules, we live and die by those rules uh, every single night, and uh, we we defend very toughly. It's just you know some nights we just struggle to you know to shoot the ball offensively, which is you know make or mislead, make or mislead, and eventually you know we'll find those shooters, and you know we'll be you know better and evolve, and hopefully we'll kind of move up the, the the Eastern Conference ladder next year if there is a next year. So we'll see, man. Yeah, and what? Let's talk about Greece. You know what? What? What was the determining factor to make you say, you know, okay, I was in the NBA, played with the Grizzlies, but uh, I'm gonna go and try my luck overseas. Or mm-hmm. did you go overseas first, then come to the Grizzlies, then go back? Or you know, what made you just yeah, say, you know, well, what, I'm gonna stay over. Well, the story, you know, what I mean, everybody got to know the story. So it's just like uh, I remember back. You know, some people know. Back in the day, they used to have uh, these little uh, these little pre-draft camps, right? right. And they used to have one in Tempe, Arizona, right in my backyard at Arizona State. It used to be called a Desert Classic. And I think they had that going on for a good 15, 20 years, but then they pulled a plug on that, and they made everything go to Chicago. I think they still do Portsmouth, if I'm not believe, if I, if I believe I'm right. But everything goes to Chicago now. But I balled out and played so well in that Desert Classic, my stock had risen from being like, you know, late first round pick to early second round pick. And I was like, cool. And I was going into the pre-draft camp of Chicago trying to elevate my stock to be, you know, middle first round, late first round. And that was going to be like the, the, the buzz that, that, that I was hearing, you know, even from my agent. And, you know, I go, I go to the pre-draft camp at that time and, you know, we're doing all kind of drills, five on five, three on three. And we do this, uh, this UCLA drill, which we call three on two, two plus one. And I go to elevate to try and dunk and my knee just, you know, it just buckled. And I, you know, tear my ACL, you know what I mean? A pre-draft uh, camp. And that's why I didn't get drafted because at that time, you know, you, you, you come in with a torn ACL, you know, you basically looked at it as damaged goods. You know, nowadays, you know, right. kids, they, you know, some kids they get drafted with a broken foot, torn ACL, and you know, they 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 have a, a different umbrella to where they can put, you know, still draft those kind of players and put them like in a farm system. That's where like the G League comes into place, and which is a beautiful thing where they can still let these guys rehab, be around uh, uh, some 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 NBA, uh, you know, kind of rules 
uh, uh, practice and see how everything is ran, why they can still rehab the knee. And then once it's fully healthy, they can go ahead and join the big boy league and, and be, you know, ready to hit the grounds running. I didn't have an opportunity, you know, when I, when I tore my knee. So my only option was, right. you know, find the best doctor to, you know, reconstruct it. And then I had to sit out and rehab my whole knee that 99, 2000 season which was kind of tough for me because, like, I was still going back to school, you know, watching my boy Eddie House. He was dropping, like, 40, 40. The game where he dropped, like, 61 against Cal. Uh, right. You know, we, you know, I, I was just going to school at that time watching him, you know, do his thing. But at the same time, in the back of my mind, that was just building up a lot of, like, you know, rage, anger. I was just ready to get back on the court. But I knew I had to, to, to do this knee right this time because I had hurt my knee uh, like before I even got to the pre-draft camp when I was just playing football and somebody speared me in the knee and I messed my knee up at that time. So I had a history of, of a bad knee like even before coming into college and I think just really tearing it in a pre-draft camp really uh, like messed it up and I really had to rehab it, you know, sit back and rehab it for a whole year. So when I got cleared to play, uh, you know, uh, you know, when a lot of these athletes it's not easy to come back from that because mentally, number one, you have to trust that part of your body to to like do the same thing that you was doing before you tore your, you know, your specific muscle or whatever part of your body that you broke. You know, it, it's it's a trust thing, and it's a thing that you it's a series of things that you have to go through to have that trust in your body again and my rehab took uh nine months in itself just to let the acl heal and to build back the muscle strength in my quad calf muscle hip muscle and then it took me another nine months <clears throat> to play basketball overseas in the league in belgium just to get my left knee back in shape in shape right i had to get used to playing basketball again i had to get used to running, cutting, jumping, you know, exploding, all these different things. And then mentally I had to go over there and see if I can trust my knee that they could hold up to some kind of level of basketball where I can provide for myself. You know what I mean? Because right. to, at that time, that was a big blow for me. But, you know, I, I'm not about to sit here and, and you know, and sit here and cry with spoiled milk and like, oh, poor me. You know, I'm going to do what I got to do and lace my bootstraps up and I'm, uh, you know, you know, do what I have to do. And I felt like I did that. I, I played a year in Belgium. I did. A, I played a year in Italy. And I did well enough for those leagues to where I came back home. I got an invite from the, the Clippers. And, you know, I went to their vet camp. And we had a training camp in Palm Springs. And I remember having a meeting. Alvin Gentry was the head coach at this time. And I remember, like, like six Clippers was injured. Uh, uh, Lamar Odom wasn't playing. Quick Richardson wasn't playing. Elton Brand wasn't playing. Olawa Candy wasn't playing. All, all these guys wasn't playing. Tory McGetty wasn't playing. So it was time for, like, like guys like me, you know, saying that to get on the court and show and prove. You know what I mean? And I, and I can remember, uh, right. like, the, you know, the very first preseason game against the Lakers in Bakersfield, man. I, I hit the uh, – I hit the turnaround buzzer beater shot to beat the Lakers in, in a preseason game, and I felt that. The yeah, because I remember reading the paper the next day. I remember reading the paper the next day. I was at work. I was working at UCLA doing construction. Mm -hmm. I was reading the paper the next day, and he said, Mike, Betty. I was like, wait a minute. That's my fucking cousin. I, yeah. I didn't watch the game, but, you know. Yeah, yeah I gained him. <laughs> yeah, I remember and, you know, just, just from that game, I just felt like, 
you know, number one, make, making a buzzer beater, you know, playing against guys you looked up to like Kobe, Shaq, uh, Tracy Murray, a lot of these guys that was on that squad. Uh, to me, that was like uh, like uh, uh, a stamp of approval that I can play on this level. Like, I just hit the fucking game winner against the Lakers. I know it's preseason, but number one, I grew up idolizing the purple and gold. You know what I mean? And right. to and to beat them at that level, I mean that that was that was a uh, big time for my confidence. So like the next game, my confidence only got better and better. Like I dropped thirty three against Seattle with Gary Payton and those guys uh, uh, at the yeah. Staples Center. I, I mean I dropped like I think I dropped almost thirty against Memphis. Like I was doing some damage in the preseason. Like <laughs> I, I was leading the Clippers in scoring in preseason. I was making it tough for the organization uh, to cut somebody else and keep me. And I really thought that I did a great job of doing that. But then I remember driving, you know, up to Southwest, you know, I get out the truck and Alvin Gentry's sitting right there. He's like, hey, Mike, we're gonna let you go. And, you know, I felt like, man, that was my second blow that I took from the NBA. Um, you know what I mean? When I tore my, my ACL, first of all, I still felt like I played good enough for somebody to take me to, I could rehab my knee. And I just wanted somebody to take a chance on me. You know what I mean? Because right. I, I was going to give back all the hard work and everything else tenfold. You know what I mean? I was just looking for a team that was just going to take me in and give me the same love that I was going to give back with hard work and dedication. So, you know, when, when the Clippers wave me, I go home, I'm tripping, man. You know, I get a bottle of hand, I'm faded. You know what I mean? Because I <laughs> kind of think it's over. I felt like, man, I did all that I could and I still get cut. I'm like, dang man, what the hell's going on? And then no more than 24 right. hours later, I get a call from Jerry West. It's now he's a GM with Memphis. And I'm literally packing my bags and I go fly and meet the team on the road in Detroit. And, you know, from that year of, uh, you know, 2000 um, to 2003, you know, I had one uh, unbelievable experience, you know, playing in the NBA, you know, with the Memphis Grizzlies. And then again, you know, the, the business of the NBA, you know, I, I felt like I played well with Memphis, especially that, that later part of the, the season when we had injuries to like Pound Gasol, Lorenzo Wright, and some other guys. And I stepped in, I started a couple games. I felt like I played well. Uh, and I think I played well just to get a guaranteed league minimum contract for next year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just to be on the roster. Right. You know what I mean? Again, I just wanted to, to be in a confine of an organization where I could learn and grow. And I didn't get that opportunity with Memphis. They they want to do something else, sign some other players, whatever. And when I was juggling other options of the NBA, uh, this team in Athens, uh, Greece, comes in called Panathinaikos. And uh, I really I've been saying it wrong. For, I've been saying it wrong for twenty years. What's, <laughs> what's the name? Panathinaikos. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, when this team comes in, like I knew about them, but I really didn't know about them. You know what I mean? And my first introduction of Panathinaikos, like I remember them winning the European Championship when I was over in Italy. Uh, they was playing against uh, another team in Italy, right? They had uh, Marco right. Yarish. They had uh, Mono Ginobili, Rashad Griffin that went to the University of Wisconsin. Uh, they really had some some really big stubs on this Italian team, and they were getting whacked by 20. And then they came back and won. So I was kind of like, man, like, what kind of, like, EuroLeague level that is, and when they came knocking at the door, I knew I was basically in the highest level uh, that Europe can offer, and when you look at EuroLeague now, it's really not that far off from the NBA, you know what I mean? Uh, a lot of talent from Europe has came over in the NBA, 
Uh, it's just not broadcast on a bigger platform like the NBA is over in Europe. But if Europe can find a way to, to bring their platform over here to America, where, you know, more people can watch those kind of games and see the beauty of basketball, how they pass the ball, how they space, how they cut, uh, how you guard a skill yes. set uh, in every defensive possession. You might not be guarding somebody that's really athletic, that can jump over the rim and do series of moves and has like tons of handles like Kyrie Irving to break you down and go finish. But you're guarding somebody in terms of a skill set that this guy might be a good backdoor cutter. This guy might be a, a good off-ball screener. Uh, this guy might be, you know, a, a good spot-up shooter over here. So you have to guard these different things every single night. And I, I think it, it has a different beauty in basketball that a lot of people in America are, are missing. Um, but and just, the, just in another it seemed story, like the, the, It seemed like the country of Greece just, like, embraced you. They, just, they loved them some Mike Batiste. I was, uh, I, I mean, I hate to interrupt you in your, your story, yeah. but I was, I just, I'm just like, when at the time when I went to visit you over there in Greece, I mean, I wish I had been able to come while you was playing, but, you know, the mm -hmm. kids and money-wise and, yeah. you know, kids in the sports and school and Marion working, me working. Right. We never could manage to do it. But when I come over there to visit you, uh, when you, uh, you know, years later, of course, it's like 2016, you were over there yeah. vacationing. And uh, we're coming from the airport. The driver picks us up. We drive from the airport. And he passed by a basketball ring. He's like, oh, you guys like basketball? I was like, yeah, we we like basketball. I was like, he's like, yeah, yeah, I, I love uh, basketball. That's my, my favorite sport. I like it more than soccer. And he goes, uh, I said, yeah, that's man, that's one of the reasons we over here. I'm coming to see my cousin. He played basketball here. He's like, he's driving. Like, oh yeah, what's your cousin's name? And I was like, Mike Batiste. Mike Batiste. This motherfucker almost crashed the car. I'm like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, man, I don't like that. Uh, I bet you say it. <laughs> like, dude. Patisse, oh man, that guy's great. And then I remember your mom's all the time. She's like, "Oh, Michael's a big celebrity over there. They really like him." And you know, I'm like, "Come yeah. on, I, yeah. everybody say that about the kid." But yeah. when we were with him in uh in um uh Mykonos, and uh, mm -hmm. I don't know if you remember this, me and you at Mykonos at the docks, and these these two guys oh, come yeah. running over there. Right. You two dudes yeah. come run over there. I'm ready to fight. I'm thinking they're coming. You like, no, 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 no. Right, it's good. It's cool. Autograph, but, yeah, they you, know, you do that now. Listen. That old dude come running out of sock his ass. <laughs> but now, you know, I, I think uh, I, I was really blessed, man. Uh, like when I signed that contract on a dotted line, um, I really didn't know what I was getting myself into other than I was going over there to play basketball. I didn't know what the country was like. I, I think me and the wife uh, will say we weren't married at that time. She was just, a, you know, we were boyfriend, girlfriend, but, you know, she was coming over there with me anyway, so it didn't matter. She was still wifey. Yeah. Um, um, you know, I, I remember we got like, I think we got like some books or something from like Barnes and Noble because we was up in the Bay Area at this time when I had made the decision. And we had stopped by like the, the bookstore to get like a couple books on Greece just to kind of like read and kind of see what it's like just to get some pictures of like what it is. You know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, I, I remember taking a Greek mythology class in college, but I don't remember paying attention too much in that. So, you know, I had to kind of like re-educate myself on a lot of stuff. And, you know, once we, you know, got up over there, it's, it's like, it, it's a real beautiful country, man. And they showed me a different way of life that we don't live here in America, man, at all. 
And being back yeah, in America in my six years, like I can totally, totally understand why people in Europe looks at America in a certain way. You know what I mean? And it, it, it's, it's, it's totally understandable now. But, you know, living over in Greece, man, like, uh, you know, number one, again, you know, I was like, you know, one of the best players on the team, one of the best players in Europe. Uh, that attention came within itself. But I, I think the love really came just from general people, like in Greece, like just the normal civilization. You know what I mean? Nobody looked at me as I was right. a different color. I mean, I'm pretty sure they knew I was different, but they treated me as I was one of theirs. Like, for real. Like, it, like treated me just as if I was Greek. No big deal. I think this is why, you know, you see the love with how Giannis get his, his love with his family. They just see him as like, you know what I'm saying? Just one of them. You know what I mean? They don't see no, no color right. or nothing like that. I'm pretty sure it is some kind of form of racism in Greece. And I'm pretty sure it's because some kind of form of people like right, that don't disagree with, with certain things. But at the end of the day, uh, uh, that doesn't outweigh the masses of what good people are really trying to do. And I think that's kind of what we're kind of seeing in America right here. We're trying to, you know, have this revolution to where uh, we don't see really people as we can like, man, you're just American, man. You know, America's the only one you fill out a, a job application. You put your ethnicity on there. You know what I mean? You don't do that in Europe. You know what I mean? Like uh, America is the only one that right. keeps you conscious to like a uh, conscious in your mind of uh, uh, you're, you're a color and you belong over here and you belong over there. And, and, and it's crazy like that, that we live in a world like that, man. And it's crazy that we have uh, the highest person, you know, the commander in chief right now. I call him the 45th. I ain't gonna call him by his name. I call him Four Fifth, and I call him a, a man, whatever, thing, orange ring thing. But, but go ahead, Four Fifth. He's just he just ain't fair, and he don't you know he don't look at nobody eye to eye. You know what I mean? And for for that, he gotta go. I mean, and we can all throw every a lot of you know things on the table. What he's done, what he said, blah blah. But but come on, man, knock it off. You got to get up out of there. Yeah. But I mean, trust me, man. I. If that dude comes back in the White House. I got no problem making phone calls to Athens. Like, listen, man, I need a place to stay because I can do it. I <laughs> I can live there. My wife can live there. I think my I think you know my kids are, will will be able to live there. You know what I mean? And I mean just the the you know you know how I grew up in you know Long Beach with all the insanes and the twenties and all that stuff and the East Side Longos and Samoans. You know, growing up all around that riffraff. Well, before that, the rolling 60s over there. In the, yeah, in yeah. The Dean. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even before that. So it's like you grew up around this lifestyle and into this culture that you was really trying to escape from. And your parents did the best that they could. But every time you turn, you always run into it in some form of fashion. And for me to... Hey, to full find, disclosure... Full disclosure: When you do, if you mm -hmm. do end up going back to Greece, it's a it's a lot of people waiting for you to come back. Cause um, after after Homeboy went crazy, I started dropping your name everywhere I went. And I was somewhere oh, shopping. Yeah. I, yeah. I happened to bring it up, and it was giving me bargains off off the. I mean, yeah. I was getting 50, 60, 70 percent off on shit, and they all I, they were like, "You think you can get Mike to come to the store?" I'm like, "Uh, that should be no problem. I'm meeting with him later today, so gonna be looking for you to come they, they're still waiting it's been four years but they're still waiting for you to come in there uh, if, if they you, say that you, you, you <laughs> was probably at the placa you was probably at the placa i might slide through there one day you know what i mean yeah. um but but greece again they man, probably like that lying four-eyed bastard yeah nah nah it's all good i'm sorry it took so long but I, I'm, I'm gonna pay the debt they still living 
But like, if, if anybody who's listening to this podcast, man, if y'all could go to Greece or any part of Europe, man, or like it's 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 beautiful. If y'all can hit the motherland, it's beautiful. Um, I would just try to, you know, inspire and advise you guys to just go see something different than America, because America ain't the the greatest place on this earth. And I'll tell you that right now. It it, it can be, but right now, and it's been like that for a minute, it, it ain't the best place on this on this earth. You know what I mean? They well, they sell, they sell, you know, America has done a great job of selling these uh these the the ideal that yeah, America is this and that, but it's it's not like that, man, at all. And even you if you feel I mean? that it is great, it can always be better. It's just like an athlete. You right. might be the greatest athlete, right. but you can always get right. better. Right, there's always room for improvement. Exactly. Right. And I think I think some of these laws. I think we need to open up that book, and we need to either enhance them, or we need to like rip them up and be like, "Hey, this is the a newer way." You know what I mean? And it, yeah. it's just what it is, and just what it has to be. I feel like just being a citizen of America, you should, you deserve free healthcare, like they do in Switzerland, Austria, uh, Spain, uh, Italy. Just being a citizen, you get free. Canada, you just you you just get free healthcare. Like that, yeah. like, like, you know, and I think like everybody should have a right to, to a, a good education. Like what, like when, when my son was in these schools over here in Athens, like I, I was just like mesmerized, man. You know, he's going to an international school of Athens. So he got a lot of kids from the embassy. So it's really diverse. You know what I mean? And he, like how they teach the kid. I'm like, man, I wish I had this kind of teaching in my public school in a Long Beach Unified School District. You know, right. which, which 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 we didn't get. You know, we got the teachers who kind of, you know, frowned upon your dreams and your goals. You know, well, oh, I want to be a basketball player. Ah, oh, well, you know, you're never going to be Magic Johnson, so you probably want to be this. I'm like, no, how the hell are you going to tell me that? You know what I mean? Yeah. And look at me well, now. You know it's only going to be one Magic Johnson. Right, yeah. You know, I, mean, I said, that's just, that's just my favorite player. You know what I mean? Right. You know, and... You know, just how some teachers used to shoot you down, like for a lot of stuff, because you didn't want to be something that they was teaching. Was like, hey, you know, you know, when you were saying crazy. earlier uh, about uh, your parents did the best they could. I, I mean, I don't want to get too much in the personal life, but how do you wait? But uh, yeah, no. how, <laughs> how did <laughs> you? Know, how did you balance that? Uh, when you started making you know, real good money. And, you, you know, of course you, you want to help your family at first, you know, mm-hmm. especially the immediate family. I'm talking to your mom, right. sister and all that pops, but I'm mm-hmm. like, how do you help? How do you, how do you manage to keep that from, you know, everybody expecting you to, to do shit for me? Like, I'm not saying like your moms and stuff, of course, yeah. but, uh, but I'm saying like, let's say like a cousin, not me, but you know, just saying yeah. a cousin, you know, all of a sudden everybody, like something happened, they expecting you to do it, or they want you to do it, and you know, Man. or you know, help them out with their dreams, you know, and getting that right. No, right. Family reunion, you know, like I was in charge of the last one, 2018. You came, you know, and everything, but you know, it's it's it kind of like stuff stuff like that make you not want to come personally because you don't mm-hmm. feel they want some shit or seeing people right. that you didn't do shit with, uh, with attitude. Yeah, like how do you balance? Yeah. You know. I don't know, man. Like it's it's tough because I I grew up around a very you know you know my mama and she loved everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I I grew up around you know a very loving mother, a loving family, and that's kind of that's my persona. I, I you when you see me, you know my aura. I try to give off the love, especially when love is 
coming back to me. And I think I should always feel that way around family. You know what I'm saying? Hands down, bar none. But, you know, it, it, it's tough that, you know, some of my family members, you know, they 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 see me as as a way of, of like yeah. yeah, and I mean, I, I kind of understand a way, but at the end of the day, I, I'm not here for everybody. I can't finance your dreams. Right. You know what I mean? If you if you can't get it out the the mud, basically like how I did, then I I can't see eye to eye with that. You know what I mean? I'm yeah, sorry. I mean, and like, we got I, some family members that you know. You don't hear from like I text you. I ain't talked to you in a while. I, I just send you a text one day or something. You know how's it going, cuz? How's the family? You know mm-hmm. we ain't talked in like six or seven months. But then we got some mm-hmm. people that you ain't talked to in years, but they need something all yeah. of a sudden. What, what's Mike's number? Yeah, that's, I'll be like, man. Sometimes I don't even reply because I'm just like the audacity number one. That's basically like knocking at my door and asking me that. You know what I mean? That's basically right. like I'm just I'm just slamming the door back in your face. You know what I mean? That's, you know, that's basically how, you know, like, it's just a audacity that you got another grown man asking another grown man this. And then, you know, going to tell me the stipulation how you're going to repay me back. I'm not cool with that. Right. Imagine by, walking by in no the bank mean. and you're going to tell them how much you want and how you pay it back to them. And, you yeah. know, I can you know, get much and, interest. And again, I got a lot of love for my family because my mom tried to stress a lot about, you know, family, who your uncles are, blah, blah, blah. But that's totally different. Like, see, like, while me, 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 you, Paul, okay, we all grew up around each other, so that's a that's a difference. Like, we got some right. uncles. Like, again, like, I don't remember seeing them since I was like a grasshopper. You know what exactly. I mean? And it's like, you know, ah, oh, they hear about me doing this, and they just come out the world. Where I'm like, whoa, whoa, what? You want what? <laughs> what? What? Like, you know, and 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 that's you know, I that's really tough. Not for me, but for a lot of athletes. You know, I had to grow up and build the courage into saying no. You know what I mean? It was hard for me to say no a lot because, again, I grew up around a loving mother, a given mother. You know, my mother did anything for a lot of people in the church, whatever. So I kind of grew up with that, you know, kind of given kind of mentality. But, you know, when I would give and not really give back, I was like, hold on, man. I had to pump my brakes. And then once I had Mikey, that's when I really shut a lot of shit down. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, okay. Right. All my funds go. Because now you got now you now you got a family you gotta take care of. And yeah. Yeah, how you taking food off your yeah. own table to right. feed so, on, on the table. Mm-hmm. So like once that happened, and then you know, Sarah and I, we talk about expanding, having one more, you know, shit's really hitting the fan. You know what I mean? So it's just not me and her that has to feed each other. Now we gotta feed two more of the mouths and we gotta take care of her. We gotta, you know, raise them. You know, the, the best way yeah. we can. So, like, that changes the dynamic of our shit, our relationship. Number one, we about to become parents. You know what I mean? So, like, that, that you know, f- and for that, you know what I'm saying? You really want to give them the, the best of everything that you didn't have. So, I'll try to make sure they have the, the best education. I'll try to make sure that they are, have uh, the best house over their head. I'll try to make sure they have the best bed to sleep on. I'll try to make sure they have the best food to eat at night because I didn't have hey. the best food either eat at night you know when i was younger and struggling you know what i mean but right and 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 you can understand you know like you can understand somebody struggling because like you said <clears throat> we all struggle you struggle right some people had to help people had to help us out and we help people out but right. you know it's, it, it gets to a point where you know you like to say hey 
Enough is enough. I mean, dude, I'm going to owe you for the rest of my life. If you can't do for something, like, again, I can't see eye to eye with that, man. Like, I I got this on my own. Like, I don't know. Nobody put this ball in in my crib. You know, this thing stumbled in my crib. Like, when my dad had the mechanic shop over there on Dean Avenue, remember, he had the mechanic shop in the backyard. Like my, my basketball hoop right. was was the was the plastic uh the milk carts. Remember how they used to deliver the, the milks in the in the carts back uh back in the day from uh, yeah. from, uh what's that Buddha Market up Adolf there? Farms or whatever. Oh right. Buddha Market, yeah, Buddha you, Buddha that's market. right. That was close to Buddha Market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that so that was like Buddha Market. So like I, all I can remember is like my dad like one day just pinning that thing up and he had moved like like a broken down car like out of the driveway and me and Nelson was back there just like playing around shooting and then from there just like we lucked up on like turning the channel one day and watching the Lakers and they're like at that time in the 80s they're dominating everything so right. you know you get this unfound love for basketball and you know where it could take you how it could provide for for your your family you know what I mean and that's and that's all that I wanted to do and I and I know it's tough for some family member to hear this but you know what I mean I'm I'm not here for for everybody and I'm I'm sorry about that you know what I mean like I've I busted my ass tore my ACL, busted ankles, all kind of stuff. And, and listen, if you ain't went through what I went through, again, I can't see how I would do about asking me for anything, you know, knowing that it's not going to come back, you know. It's like, full it's like me, man, you know. It's like me. I move out here in the valley, you know, away from away from a lot of people, you know, and not that far from them, but far enough. Well, I don't mm-hmm. have to put up with some of the, some of the, you know, every family got the drama and the bullshit try to get away mm-hmm. from it but what what really irks me man piss me off is like uh let's say somebody in family needs something and you give them something and they they mm-hmm. get it like that wasn't enough you know like yeah. you, you got this much you could i'm not saying i'm rich because i'm by no means am i even close right. to being rich but i'm comfortable you know right. i'm comfortable i ain't right. hurting for shit right and you know and if i can do do for somebody I do for somebody it's like right. ask you for something you know i must have needed it Right. It ain't like I'm I'm like you know, coming up there every day asking something, but it'd be like if uh I ask you, hey Matt, hey Mike, can you help me out with this and this and this and this? And you say, well, let's say I need I say I need three thousand. You say, Man, I can give you a thousand. Then I'm gonna go back, I'm gonna take the thousand, but then I'm gonna tell everybody else, that motherfucker had more than he could have gave me more than this. Right. I know he got more money than that, he got a nice car. Did that did that happen to you a lot? You know, like you yeah, give somebody man. something and then yeah, they act like that and wasn't then, enough. Mm-hmm. And then you know, then, and then it's like they they see the the materialistic things of my hard work, the fruit of my labor. I will put it. You know, right. they see the, the your nice house, house, your cars, your they pool. see the nice car. And again, they oh man, he he got that. So I mean, shit, I know. Like, yeah, I can, but no, I'm not because I busted yeah. my ass. <laughs> and I worked hard for this. And number two, I spent ten months away from my immediate family to go get this money and i don't see nobody else here doing the same thing that i'm doing so i can't see eye to eye with you you know what i mean yeah it's even even the little things man it's like you let's say a bunch of us going out to eat and they looking at you because you got the most money expecting mm-hmm. you to pay for the shit you know i mean that that, that kind of, i don't I, I never had that kind of attitude so i i just can't see how people do it but i know it's happened to you more than me but how, how do you handle that? You know, like you don't even want to ask some people if they want to go meet for lunch or they ask you if you want to go meet for lunch. Mm-hmm. You're like, mm, I don't know, because this motherfucker want me to pay for it. Yeah. That's all. It, it, became, it, it just made you become a, a victim of the confines of, of your home. I've just become a homebody now. I don't go anywhere. 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm pretty gotta, much like that. You got to pull teeth to get me out of my house, and I try to put everything in my house to where I don't have to go anywhere. And the way the world is now, Walt, I mean, you better got to <laughs> yeah. go anywhere. Andy. For real. Yeah. Hey, the only place I used to go, only place I was really going was going to visit you in Orlando. Oh, yeah. I was going to do that two years in a row. So, I, other than that, I ain't leaving the house and staying somewhere most of the yeah. time for nothing. And even if the pandemic didn't hit, I mean, you know, the wife and I would do like a date night, you know, every time that we can. Other than that, we, we, we at the crib. We, we at the crib. Right. You know what I mean? I think this is this is my only place of privacy. This is my only place I could be myself. You know what I mean? Where I can I can swear because I can vent to the wife. There's no filter. You know what I mean? And then the kids they get to see another side of me. You know what I mean? They you know sometimes they get to right. see me yelling, this working, and then they get to see a different side of me. So uh, like I love. It's, it's like when I came to visit, I, I I try to get with your wife, and you know you know because I don't want to be you know I mean I'm sure. It's like if you came say, well, I want to come stay for two weeks. That ain't no problem. But, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm sure it'd be the same if I say, hey, Mike, I want to come stay for two weeks. But, you know, I get the wife and say, hey, you know, is it okay? Or, you know, right. what's too long? Because I know you got to have time to you with just you and her and the kids, not mm-hmm. me right there. It's not like I'm in the way. Hey, what y'all doing? Y'all kissing? No, ain't no shit <laughs> like that. <I'm, laughs> but still, you know, I, that's, that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand. You just got to have. You gotta have respect for the, the like the, the the for you not only because you my cousin but you gotta have respect for your wife you know I gotta say you know I don't want to be in the middle of this shit and put put you know you in the middle of you know your shit because I'm there you know yeah you know, it's, it's just it's it's, it's 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 very very tough man and again you you already know how family is man it's it's more drama and family than it is from 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 your actual friends yeah. that you know right because right. Uh, you know, again, our, our family has grew up, you know, deep rooted in the South where, you know, you all grow up with one another. You do for one our another. Our grandmother's still in Selma, almost 100 years old, still in Selma, yeah. Alabama. And that's cool and fine. But like, you know what? This world has evolved, man. And like people are go-getters now. And I've I've had that mentality from a, from a very, very young age. You know what I mean? And, right. you know, I've I watched my mom, you know, bust her ass to keep a roof over my head. Sometimes she's worked two jobs. So I think, you know, the, the work ethic that I saw from her, I mean, and also from my dad as well, you know, having his own mechanic shop and still having a mechanic shop, working with his bare hand, breaking cars down, putting it back together. You know what I mean? I stopped, I, by, I stopped by and saw him last Saturday, Friday. I mean, yeah. him and Nelson, Friday and Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it was just like, I, I've been... I've I've been I've been grew up with a great example of of action, you know what I mean. And I felt that by being on the basketball court, that was my my place to take action, you know what I'm saying. And every time right. I got on the court, I, I busted my ass, you know. You know, I get to the jail, I might work on my right hand dribbling, my left hand dribbling. I might work on my my finger roll off the backboard. I, like I then broke my game down to a science, which a lot of these kids need to do now, like. You look at a European player, their fundamental skill set is damn near flawless. You look at an American player, they have some some cracks and crevices in their fundamentals, right? He can but, but so, he can make a free throw. Yeah, but they're so athletic and talented, you got to take them, right? And then right. now you just it's 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 crazy. I want a player that knows how to play the game. I think that's why you see Luka Doncic the way that he is. Uh, right now and trust me there's going to be more I'm not saying Luka Doncic kind of players there's going to be more European players that know how to play 
right? They know how to fit into a locker room. They know how to be a, a, a team guy. And those are the kind of players that, you know, you want to go get. You know what I mean? You're tired of dealing with some of these headache players sometimes, man. Right. That, you know, it's, hey. it's just hard to break down, I would say, the wall of uh, bad habits. And, you know, it's just your job as a coach. You just got to keep knocking at the door until they get it. And you hopefully that they get it before their time is, is up because it's a what have you done for me kind of lately kind of business. And I know how that worked being firsthand as a player. And I've been through situations where, you know, I did my thing and got let go. And so I, I just right. know how the, the I just know how the business works. So can't nobody come up to me and be like, oh, that's not the right thing to say to a kid. I'm just like, well, listen, man, I'm I'm deep rooted in this game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and I've I've been right. in these circumstances. So I'm just using like I think one of my luxuries as a coach is having those experiences that some of these players go through. And I can just tap them on the shoulder, like, look, hey man, you know, probably want to do this, you probably want to do that. You know, so it's it's been a great experience for me, man. Like still being around the game that I love and also like coaching. That's that's been cool with me. Well, hey, well good luck on that and you know on the on the podcast and being my first guest. But uh well before I go, uh 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 one more thing about the money, then we'll let that go. But um yeah. you have any, you have any relatives that like try to go through your mom's or your wife? To get to you, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to mention them, but uh, you got a you got an example oh, or man. instance of they, they call up your yeah. moms and try to because yeah, we got the same yeah. uncles and aunties and uh, cousins, yeah, as man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. It's like it's like it's just like it, the things that they try to do to I don't know, but it's 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 like I would never. Like, if you ain't man enough to ask me or if I've told you already, then don't go back door to my wife. That pisses me off even more, and it makes me put a wall up even higher. Right. For all family members who's listening right now, once that wall goes up, there ain't no coming down. And I, I, I'm sorry. It's just what it is. <laughs> yeah, it ain't no, ain't no uh, dragon uh, from – ain't no captured dragon from Game of Thrones going to blow the wall down. Nah, nah, <laughs> this shit. Nah, this shit. Look, I love you. I have feelings for you. I respect you. You know what I mean? You know, we me at a family union. It's all good. We play cards, all that stuff, blah, blah. But in terms of you coming out going there and think you had a dacity to, 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 to ask me for certain things, like, you you got another thing twisted, man. And and I it, sh- it should never, ever be that way. But that's why you say how I feel about not really coming around. You know what right. I mean? Like, I don't want to come around because I do feel that way. Everybody feel like I do got to front the deal. You know what I mean? And then people get defensive, like, when I don't respond to their text message. I'm like, man, listen, me and you are not walking on the same street. Okay? And I'm trying to get right. you to understand that. Like, my free time goes to my family. That's why when we do meet up at every family and I'm trying to do it big. Because this is probably the only time I'm going to get to see all y'all. So let's try to have as much fun as possible. Because when we break up, I got to go back to my world. You know what I mean? And, and, and I'm, I'm in the NBA world. You know what I mean? Where I have a routine schedule where it's structured. I wake up a certain way. This, I come home. I eat. That, I, that's my life. And when you try to come in between that, you know, I get a little defensive. And you can't, you know, you can't hate on that. You know what I mean? No. I, I've... I've I've built this career ever since I was young, and and um, I don't want to lose it. <laughs> Plain and simple. Yeah, <laughs> you know, what I mean? like Plain like like simple. we said about ten minutes ago. You got your family. You got to take care of, and you know, you know, mm-hmm. you know, you ain't gonna ruin yeah. all that. 
get that all yeah, fucked man, up. Like, if I, like again, man, if I can help, I can help. It's no big deal. But like, can you meet me halfway? You know what I mean? I can put something on it. Can you know? Can you put something on it? Like, yeah, you know. I mean, and that, don't I get think, an attitude when you. That's like you know the perfect story. Is a time we we don't have to say any names, but I remember when you were playing in, playing in Greece, and you mm-hmm. would the team would give you tons of tickets or whatever, and you could bring family members. I never got the opportunity yeah. to go because, like I said, we all had stuff to go. I mean, that's mm-hmm. one thing I'm gonna regret, you know, forever. We didn't get to go and, and, and get that experience of you playing over there in Greece. But I remember one time you got a, you brought a bunch of family members over there. We're not gonna say the names, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. And, and they they stayed at your house. They flew mm-hmm. for free. Mm-hmm. They ate, they whatever, had a great time, came back mm-hmm. to the U.S. and was bitching because mm-hmm. they had the right coach. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, I'm like... Did, 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 every, did everything else that, that the other people did that rolled in the business class, right? I mean, I mean... Was the plane got there at the same time, right? I, I know time. I'm, I'm no what aviation expert, but the plane coaching business landed about the same time? Yes, it did. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it did. Yes, it did. <laughs> I yes, mean, it did. so they didn't pay for the plane ticket. They didn't nope. play, pay for a hotel. Only thing they pretty much would have had to pay for was like souvenirs and shit they wanted to get. But like, they, they, you, you fed them, you flew them, they saw the games, mm-hmm. they had a good mm-hmm. time, and mm-hmm. gonna get mm-hmm. back home and bitch about the damn where they had to seat on the plane. So I mean, again, that. So- that so, so like for other family members, how can you blame me or say something about me when I've been through experience like this? You know, again, I, I mean, I don't know if there's any other family member that's a professional athlete, because if it is, me and him could sit down and me and him would chop it up. We have a great conversation because I'm pretty sure he's <laughs> had these same kind of experiences. You for real. Like it, it comes with the territory of every professional athlete and uh, telling your family members no is one of the hardest things I had to learn. Uh, but also getting burned by family members is another another lesson in itself. Like, you know, a lot of times, you know, I mean, you loan money back, yeah, that don't come back. And then you already knock on right. the door to this. So, like, I've been through that. I, I Like, I've loaned money to friends. It hasn't came back. So I, I've been through every kind of situation you can talk about with money. And I've just learned my lesson from that. I'm just tired of being burned. And right now, you know what I mean. All, all I care about is my wife and my two kids. Anything, you know, you right. want to, you know, you want to go meet up at a restaurant and get something to eat and break bread. Let's do it. You know, you want to come over my house one night and you know you want to eat. What I got no problem entertaining. Let's do it. But if you thinking, you know, oh man, uh, finance this, this, about nah, you got something yeah. else coming. I want to start know, this car wash something. business, man. Why don't you hook me up? No, 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 no. man, because it's. It, I just don't understand where do they get that idea from where they think that, you know, my money is their money or they think they're entitled to ask me or borrow my money without no, right. uh, uh, you know, no percentage point, no, no, nothing. No fees. Man, nothing. I'll tell you what. Yeah, you let me, you, you, you get paid for me to go to Greece. All expenses paid. I'll fly in the, down there with the fucking suitcases and shit. You ain't gonna hear me bitching. <laughs> <laughs> and shit, I mean, that's man. the only thing I got to bitch about, man. Nobody want to hear that. But but that's but so, but well, but that's why you know always you know love having you around because like if I did like pay for your shit, you laying here, we go out to dinner. You are man, I, I'm a, I'm paying for the dinner because you paid for my flight, and I feel like that right. eases everything out. You know what I'm saying in a sense in itself. 
So like, all right, cool. So we even with that. But when you trying to get us, I'm like, man, I can't, I can't be around that, man. That that's not that's not how it should be. Like we all should be like all our individual bosses. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, then, of course, there's been times when it, it, you might not not saying you, but I'm saying the person might not have a penny, and we go out to eat, and I I just pick them up from the airport, and they they ain't got no money. I ain't got no problem with that, but don't be expecting that every fucking time I see yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it got to be a time when sooner or later you say, hey, this motherfucker done all this for me. The least I can uh, do is buy a goddamn, at least I can do is buy the number three at McDonald's. God damn. Mm-hmm. So that's why I've always been, <laughs> that's why I've been by, like me and Sarah, was, I don't know, a couple of us, a few months ago, talking about like, yeah, every time you used to come to, you know, Arizona State, man, you used to give me like a hundred bucks. I mean, that used to be my groceries. I used to pay bills with that shit. I used to be so grateful for that shit, man. Cause everybody in college, oh stuff, yeah, you know what I'm saying, paper. You know what I mean. So it's, that's why, like, it's like when y'all was little. I mean, I didn't have a, I didn't wasn't doing a lot, but I was working at the grocery store, making decent money for high, high school, college. I come over there and scoop you and your sister and brother, your mm-hmm. two sisters and your brother up, and take y'all to the movies. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, shit. It, it wasn't like y'all being there. This motherfucker didn't buy us popcorn each. Mm-hmm. No, you know that kind of yeah. man is some ungrateful. For- yeah, and, and for 57 years though, Walt, you've never changed. You've always been that way. You know what I mean? I, and I ever since like you kind of been retired, you know, you you know, you stop by my dad's shop sometime and kick it for a couple hours. You know, sometimes you call my mom to see if she wanted to get breakfast. So, you know, like you you admire, you know, those family members has always stuck to the script and, and never like uh uh reinvented themselves. You know what I mean? They they right. always stay the same. And I, I, me and Nelson, we always tell Milan, like, we always got that example from you and Paul. You know, you guys are like our older brothers. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, we saw you guys play sports and this, but we also saw you guys, like, put work in to provide. You know what I mean? So we had that example, like, uh, from from everywhere. And I, I'm as bad as, you know, it was y'all two and nobody else. But, uh, you know, those are the same oh, kind of, you know, uh, values, you know, I'm trying to instill like and my son right now so when he have kids he can kind of do like you know kind of the same thing you know but you but you you know you and paul was always about your business though i mean you know you guys did your thing whatever you know we all men whatever but you know when i was young watching y'all do your thing you guys was always y'all always had like a purpose you know what i mean you always look like you say had the grocery store job you guys always had a job money in your pocket should always admire that kind of shit you know even though we was going around the riffraff you know what i mean we still had i felt like we had <laughs> In a way, we had the best of both worlds, and I say in the middle that my mom, she always kept the balance between the choices that we make. All right, you want to go game bang up over here, you know, with the in-state 20s and the 60s and all that, or this is going to be your life, you know what I mean? And if you want to, you know, if you want to go over here and work for a living, this could be your life, and this is some blah, blah, blah. And she was just always, I felt like that mediator kind of keep us balanced between not choosing, you know, the life that a lot of, you know, of our friends have, have chosen. And uh, I'm just, you know, in the, in the life that I even chose now, the basketball life was not easy. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. I tell that to my family members now. It's not easy, man. This game is going to test you a thousand times over. And like I tell my son right now who plays baseball, I'm like, Mike, you got to put your heart into this craft, into this profession, knowing that it's going to get broken. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And then last night, I had a perfect example of the Toronto Raptors losing game seven, defending champs. I said, Mike, listen, their heart is broken right now. They don't get to defend their crown at all, you know, and they lost in game seven by like five points. That's two possessions. 
I said, they in the locker room right now, heartbroken in pieces. I said, I said, you know what they're going to do? They're going to go to their families. They're going to take off for a couple weeks. They're going to pick all the pieces of their heart up. They're going to put that shit back together. They're going to get ready for the next season. They're going to be like, I'm ready. Knowing that it might get broken again. You know, that's sports. You know what I mean? So, well, even if y'all know, if you were a technician, engineer, whatever, put your heart into it, knowing that it's going to be broken. But when it does, just pick your pieces back up, put your best foot forward, man. That's all you can do. What would be your advice for somebody that's uh, like eight right now, you know, think they, they got potential? What would, what would be your best advice for, uh, uh, you know, to, to make I it to I will work on my fund. I will work on my fundamentals as much as possible. A lot of kids forget about the triple threat. You know what I mean? A lot of kids, they don't know how to dribble, pass, and shoot. A lot of kids, they just know how to dribble. You know right. what I mean? A lot of kids, they don't know what, what, you know, they don't know when to shoot. They don't know when to pass. You know what I mean? A lot of kids don't know, uh, like, how to screen. A lot of kids don't know spacing. A lot of kids don't know how to create angles. You know what I mean? A lot of kids don't have uh, proper footwork to create angles. So, again, I will, I will, like, try to get with the best people that you can and break down your game to a science. And don't be afraid of, like, your weaknesses. Because if you ever make it to this level here and you get into a playoff series and it's a certain matter, they're going to make you play to your weaknesses. And when they do, you'll be like, ah, I got that in the bag too. That's why you you know, you admire the Michaels, the Kobe's, the LeBron's, the AI's of the world. You know what I mean? The Steph Curry's of the world. They, we have designed defense to take away your strength and you still beat us at your weaknesses. You know? You're when you get right. to this level, you, you can drop 40, 50, or 60 and still lose. You know, you can play, you can be your best on a given night and still take an elbow. You know what I mean? So, I, I, I like as you're working right now, give everything, don't settle for 99%, don't settle for 110, 100%, get to 110%. You know, because when you, when you get to that level of work, it only carry overs from level to level. And then by the time you get to this level, you know. You should be able to pick up on things uh, a lot faster. Because like I do tell some of my players now, LeBron James is the greatest in the world, but he didn't he didn't just, you know, fall off out of bed and hit his head. Like, oh, my God, I know all these things. He studied. You know what I mean? He he, he yeah. learned. And he, he, he put time into this stuff. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, I heard somebody man. one time say that uh, they said hard work beat talent when talent yep. don't work hard. And yep. that, that's yeah, that always Le- stuck with me. Yeah, but LeBron has worked so hard to where his talent it just exceeds above and beyond. Even as an eighteen-year pro, thirty-six years old, you don't see LeBron coming down the lane as a shifty twenty-three-year-old kid no more. You know, finishing right. out two or three defenders. He's all about elbow boxes and nails, high ball screen. You know what I mean? And you know he knows how to get that defender on his right on his on his hip or his shoulder. And he knows how to keep that contact and ride it to the basket to finish, create space for his jump shot. So there's a lot of things that uh, I feel that uh, these kids are not learning from AAU because when they get to us, you expect them to learn to know a certain level of fundamentals, and they don't. It's broken. They're just coming down, jacking up a three. Yeah, jacking threes. Uh, again, they don't know the proper foot. They don't know how to screen. They don't know how to pass in a way of getting a proper spacing. You know, they don't know how to cut off the ball. They don't know how to create action. It's, it's just a lot of things that you feel that you shouldn't be teaching. Uh, but that's what they teach over there in Europe. 
you know, quiet is kept. This is why you see uh, all those guys with, with a certain, like, fundamental skill set. You know, they don't play as fast, whatever. They can keep up with the big boys, right? They know right. how to pass. They know how to shoot. They know how to screen. They know how to be a, 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 a good teammate. They know how to make the extra pass. You know what I mean? They know how to be a good team guy from the bench when they're not playing. You know, you know, a lot of these kids over here, they're about their brand. You know, what can they do? Like, nothing should come before your purpose, and that is basketball. If you take care of basketball first to the utmost, everything else will take care of itself. The money, right? The shoe deal. Uh, whatever deal you want. But if you put all that stuff... The booty. That, yeah, it, whatever. Because it comes with the territory, I'm sorry <laughs> to say. You know, and it does come with the territory, but... You know, but if you put all that stuff in front of your purpose, it's only a matter of time before the game of basketball say goodbye. And they won't let you back in this fraternity. Trust me, man. I've seen them come and go. Yeah. Well, it's a short window to start with. You go, it you is. go there and fuck up, you know. It is. And that's uh, why you're in awe of LeBron James of the seven, 17, 18 years, you know, the body of work he's put in ever since he came into the league. He's never cheated the game at all. And I'm not saying he's not perfect. I'm pretty sure he has his flaws. But what has this man not done to the game that you cannot admire? You know what I mean? Right. And, uh, you know, he, he's done it on a high level in the NBA. He's done it on the Olympic level. He has put his body through the rigors of, I mean, you make nine straight NBA finals. I mean, can you imagine how many games you're playing each year? What you have to do to your body just to keep it to play at that elevated level? Oh my God! Like you know these and Olympics too. Yeah, yeah, two Olympics in that time. Two Olympics in that span. Yeah, two Olympics in that span. So like no summer off, and you know you probably get a couple weeks, three weeks off after the Olympics. You go right into like a a a low management kind of vet camp, but you still you know there's really no days off. So you you tip your hat to those kind of guys because I know a lot of people in this world are on the outside looking in thinking, you know, we were pampered in a way, which we are, and that's part of it. But, uh, you know, my, again, my, my first experience when I got hired by the Cleveland Cavaliers, man, again, 7.30 in the morning, I'm hearing weights clanging, right, chains moving. I'm thinking it's a coach or, you know, somebody else within the organization lifting weights. It's LeBron James. It's, it's LeBron James. So everything that you hear about this kid, all the stories that you, when I was a year that you heard about, all oh, how he puts the work into his body, now you see it firsthand, right? So now you're even more of a fan of the player because now you get to see the body of work from the work that he gives us every single night on a television screen. And you can only admire that, you know what I mean? Put the work in. For all you young kids, when you, you know, when you feel uh, you got questions in your playing time, put in the work. You know, you, you you got questions why you ain't getting enough shots, putting the work. You you got questions there to like, man, uh, the game just ain't ain't working for me right now. Get to the gym, putting the work. The questions are always in the work. The questions are always within the game, man. That's how I always used to play right. basketball. When I struggled, when I felt that things weren't working right at home, whatever, man, I just got to the court, and somehow it it gave me the answers. So that's that's my advice to the youth, man. All right. Well, appreciate you coming by, you know, giving up your Saturday this morning. I mean, this Saturday morning, giving up your time to come over here and be my first podcast. Like I said before, I, I can talk. I love talking anyway. So, you know, a podcast mm -hmm. ain't shit. All you're doing is talking. Right. Huh? You know, right. 
to give somebody something to, you know, listen to something about the bubble life. None of us knew firsthand, you know, you experienced it. Yeah. So we all had questions about it. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad, you know, appreciate you coming on and, uh, and telling me all that. Make sure you tell the Sarah and the kids I said hi. Will do, bro. All right, man. Appreciate it, cousin. Anytime, cousin. Need me back on. All right. Just let me and, know. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, I have you back on. I'm sure people going to want to know what other stuff. I have cool. you back on. And uh, uh, well, I was going to tell you, uh, we'll see how many people hit you up for loans, you know, in the next 24 hours from the family. <laughs> but. Loan, loan denied. Yeah. What's that Geico commercial? Expired. Expired. Yeah. <laughs> Expired. Yeah. Expired. Yeah. New phone, who this all day long? Huh? Mm. No, bar <laughs> cutting. Let me get back to all you. Right, man. All, all right, man. All right, man. Thanks. Peace.